on this episode of Money with Friends. Did you even know that Quibi is short for quick bites? We're talking about the fast and very expensive fall of the Netflix rival. It is Saturday, July 25th, and this is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from my mom's roaming basement that right now is in Texarkana, Texas, where we're making the Stacking Benjamin show this week. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. Optimize your financial life in Google Sheets or Microsoft Excel with fast automatic transaction imports, easy templates, and a free 30-day trial. How do I get that goodness, you ask? We got you covered. Head to TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF for more. Bobby, Joe, you, Quibi. you did not know until this moment that Quibi stood for Quick Bites. I did not. And I like how I you think- just saved it until we hit record. Quick Bites. And- yeah. And I didn't know it until I was reading this article. And I think that at its very heart, the fact that that was not part of this marketing campaign to let people know what the word Quibi meant, at least we didn't catch it, is a thing. I think that uh, I think that nothing about the quick. I think this was a quicker bite than Meg Whitman or Jeffrey Katzenberg really wanted, by the way. Oh, yes. Might be. Uh, We're going to talk about Quibi struggling. If you don't know what Quibi is, or even if you do, hang on, because we've got that. But first, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Julian from Rich and Regular. Just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tune in to Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us from The Guardian, and it is written by Adrian Horton. Uh, The fall of Quibi. How did a starry $1.75 billion dollar Netflix rival crash so fast. I can't believe it's it, that much money. Nearly three months ago in early April, the $1.75 billion content experiment known as Quibi lurched from its rocky, much maligned promotional campaign into full-scale launch. The surface offered a tsunami of celebrity-fronted shows segmented into quick bites, hence Quibi, there you go, Bobby, of 10 minutes or less, a Joe Jonas talk show, documentary on LeBron James' I Promise School, movie with Game of Thrones, Sophie Turner surviving a plane crash, all straight to your phone. At the time, many of us wondered if Quibi could deliver on its central promise to refashion the style of streaming into snackable bites or if teetering under the weight of its massive funding and true who's who of talent as the world shut down, it would become shorthand for an expensive mistake. The service, the brainchild of the DreamWorks Animation uh, co-founder Jeffrey Katzenberg and former Hewlett-Packard CEO Meg Whitman, two billionaires deeply entrenched in the Hollywood and Silicon Valley establishment, was either, quote, going to be a huge home run or a massive swing and a miss. Michael Goodman, a media strategist with Strategy Analytics, told The Guardian, given a string of bad news since its April 6th launch, missed targets, executive departures, Katzenberg singularly blaming the pandemic and the sunset of its 90-day free trial with millions fewer subscribers than anticipated, the scale seemed decidedly tipped towards swing and miss. But while it's too soon to declare the end of Quibi, it's still worth asking, is the promise of the quick bite already over and what went so wrong? Bobby? 
Since its launch, Quibi has been battered by a slew of disappointing news. The app staggered early, falling out of the top 50 most downloaded within a week of its launch and only attracted about 1.5 million active users by the end of May, according to the Wall Street Journal. A drop in the bucket compared to over 50 million subscribers drawn to Disney+, Plus, which launched in December of 2019, and Netflix's whopping 183 million global users. Quibi is only available in the U.S. and Canada. Most of those users Users were on the service's free trial, which ends this month. Quibi's subscription is four ninety nine a month with ads and seven ninety nine a month without ads. So, just of note, there's no free subscription. The company anticipates landing just a million paying customers by the end of the year, less than thirty percent of its first year target of seven point four million subscribers. The much smaller than anticipated subscriber base left the billion dollar experiment one point seven five billion actually, guys, cash strapped. The journal reported that Quibi was on track to have spent a billion dollars by the end of the third quarter of 2020, and though it raised an additional $750 million earlier this year, would require another $200 million of new funding by the second half of 2021 to stay afloat. Meanwhile, tentpole advertising partners such as Pepsi, Taco Bell, Anheuser-Busch, and Walmart were seeking to renegotiate their agreements with Quibi based on pandemic hits to their business and Quibi's less-than-promised viewership. And then it goes on to talk about the fact that um, it got a lot of bad press and it got some backlash about the high uh, prices that it paid a lot of the celebrities that are on its show. For example, it talks about Reese Witherspoon got $6 million to voice something and her husband is apparently the head of talent and content acquisition. So this is happening while the staffers are kind of frustrated because they're having cutbacks. So it's just become a mess. It's it's funny because Jeffrey Katzenberg, um, and it goes on in a and, and this is a really long article, guys. So we'll just kind of sum up the rest of this. But Jeffrey Katzenberg singularly said that the pandemic was to blame for this because of the fact that you know you're not traveling from home, so you're not getting these little spots at your desk where you just need a 10 minute break. Like this whole thing is based on like a 10 minute break at your desk at work. I'll take a 10 minute break. I'll watch this little thing on Quibi. Then I'll go back to work. Right. I'll get these little, well, now nobody's going to work. And so ostensibly that's not it. But do you, but, but do you think it was the pandemic? I think that was one factor, but I think they were already going to have problems. One thing that's talked about, so this is a great article. And I've also, I also went and did some listening to some podcasts and some other articles about this because I was very curious about this whole debacle. Um, Part of the problem also is that when you think about quick hits of celebrity fare, so for example, they hired Chrissy Teigen to do something about her being a judge. So that seems very kind of forced. But you can be entertained by Chrissy Teigen for free on her Instagram, which is awesome. And that's also quick hits. So and also a lot of these celebrities have YouTube channels, which is also generally quick hits under 10 minutes. So why are you again, there's no ultimately no free option for this. Why are you going to actively download this this app when you can see a lot of this stuff for free and people already have a lot of content? The other they compared it to Disney Plus. I can tell you in my household, we had to get Disney Plus immediately because I have a 13-year-old boy who had to watch some, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. There was a a must-watch. Like, you had to get Disney Plus for a lot of people. And there's a lot of established Disney content that people really wanted. That's not true. It's great in a sense that it's all original content, but you don't have that built-in base if you have all original content, even though the celebrities um, were meant to be an attraction. 
here's another problem that I have with it just on my phone. Like I can't, I, I can't watch it on the big screen. I have to watch it on my phone and, and I just, okay. Watching something for 15 minutes on my phone. I don't mind watching, you know, in the morning I wake up, I make my eggs and I hit the Instagram, uh, I hit the Instagram feed and then it's just everybody's story. Right. And that's fun. But like you said, that's all free. I can, I, I can watch it. It'll just scroll for free, but paying five bucks a month to watch uh, something on my phone. And also when it comes to these, when it comes to shows, actual shows, I generally look for character development. And I know most people would say, I don't really care about that. But if you look at shows that are popular, it's character development. And I think it's very difficult to develop characters in 30 minutes. How are you going to develop people and storylines in 15 minutes that make me want to come back? It just seems, it just seems to me like a real uphill battle. And in that sense, I do think the pandemic did hurt them because I think part of their goal was this would be while people were mobile and only had the phone as a choice. So it would give them something that they could reliably watch for content. But with the pandemic, we're home a lot and people do want almost more immersive stuff. They have the time to watch a movie or the truth is because everything is on demand and you can pause TV now, which is something that didn't, wasn't true many years ago. You can also just stop where you are and resume watching. It's okay if you only have 10 minutes or whatever to watch. Um, we have in our audience, Nathan, I think he's making a really good point that um, with, you know, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, streaming services with mobile platforms, you better have something innovative to compete. And I think they thought this 15 it, minutes, but, I think this 15 minute format they thought was the innovative part. But it's not because you already have that on YouTube and you have that in other places and you've had that. There have been shows on Netflix that have been 15 minutes. So it's not that innovative. And uh, yeah, it's I, I don't know. I think that there just wasn't a big there's so many other services out there. They also came in kind of I guess Peacock technically was after them. But again, Peacock, which came out recently, which is the NBC channel, they have a built in audience. People might want to revisit you know, 300 episodes of Frasier or whatever you have it or show it to their kids. But there's a built-in audience there. People are really, there's so many, so much out there already because to they're behind the Hulu and the Netflix and the Disney Plus and I, I don't even know, HBO Max, which no one can really figure out how that's different from HBO. But anyway, whatever. It's just, there's just all these things coming at us. I it's think too that much, the Joe. It's too much. I feel overwhelmed <laughs> just talking about it. I do, but I, but I like the Peacock comparison you make, Bobby, because if you take Peacock as an example, Peacock is free. It is, mm -hmm. it is absolutely free. Now, th th they have, like the CBS app, they have things that are behind a paywall that if you want more, but they, much. but they entice you with free. They entice mm -hmm. you with, hey, you can just get our content wherever you want. Makes total sense to me that NBC would create this outlet and that they would price it that way. And will I add the, I'm sure at some point I'll add the Peacock um, because of the fact that it's free. And then I get to decide if I like it or not. Quibi, even though it's only five bucks a month, it's five bucks a month. I don't know much about it. 15 minutes doesn't sound like we can really get into anything worthwhile. It seems like the show's just starting to capture my attention by the time we're, we're, we're ending. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why I would do that. The other bad thing about this launch, when I first heard about Quibi, I heard about Quibi, I think on an award show and everybody was laughing about how uh, everybody had been pitched to be on Quibi by Jeff Katzenberg. Uh, yeah. the, 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 and 
so when you hear about a service first as a joke and everybody's joking about it, I think that that means there might be bad stuff coming. Well, also, as I mentioned, I did listen to a bunch of podcasts about this and read a bunch of articles. So I just want to give credit for this. I don't know if a lot of people said this, but I heard Molly Wood on Makes Me Smart talking about the fact that maybe they had too much money. And when you have too much money, you're under pressure to spend it. And they were paying these celebrities so much money. And then you've just raised the bar so much and the the expectation. I mean, there's something to be said for starting small and building up. Netflix, first of all, they started by mailing CDs. Let's not forget that. So they had a base before they even switched to digital, which people were not so sure they could do so well. A lot of people were not betting on Netflix to make that adjustment. They did it. Blockbuster did not, if you remember back then. I remember interviewing executives of both and being skeptical to both. And Netflix proved me wrong. They 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 made it and more um, before they even had original content. So this by starting out with so much, especially with these two executives that nobody wanted to bet against. I mean, I wonder if they were just in a bubble surrounded by people that were just yesing them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It just it it, it really feels kind of tone deaf. Uh, Jennifer hanging out with us says maybe they were playing to a to a shortened attention span. I was going to joke and say uh, Jennifer has a comment, but my attention span is so short I can't read it all. But I did, mm-hmm. but I, but I didn't do that. You know, I think I think to some degree maybe they were Bobby, but it just seems to me also I'm I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think that it just comes across a little tone deaf. One more thing. I like what you said about too much money. I remember interviewing uh, Don Hahn, the Disney producer who produced like the Lion King. And I asked him about, you know, about constraints, about a guy, he had been an artist himself, an Imagineer himself. And then he's on the other side. He's the guy controlling the purse strings. And I said, is that tough being in, going from artists to the guy with the purse strings? And he said, and I love this quote, artists do better with constraints. You tell them they only have so much money, they then do a better job of dreaming. But if you give an artist unlimited money and tell them they can do whatever the hell they want, he said, most of the time they do nothing. Or they do way, way, way too much that ends up being 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 nothing. So not great. In just a second, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaway from today's piece. But just want to say a thanks to our sponsor, Tiller Money. If you're not familiar with Tiller Money, man, there's some big stuff going on at Tiller. Not only have they created some brand new templates that look just phenomenal, but also with Microsoft making big changes at Excel to bring back their much heralded money program on Excel. I know so many people back in the day who used money and who were so upset when it went away. Well, with money now back, money integrates right into Tiller, making it something that was already the most flexible, usable product that I knew of, even more flexible and usable. So it's your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated every day. And because it's a spreadsheet and there's templates, you don't have to create your own. Everything automatically and safely downloads wherever you tell it to go into this spreadsheet. And then you can make it either more simple or you can customize it the way you want. You don't have to sit through a bunch of ads. You don't you don't get marketed nonstop by companies that just want want to uh, market you stuff while they look at your budget. How intrusive is that? None of that. Tiller Money, if you want to see how it works and sign up, head to uh, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for more. So big thanks to them. Uh, Bobby, what's our takeaway from Quibi? Quibi's not dead yet, but not looking great. No, no. So, and and we didn't talk about this, but I do think that they have to think about an exit strategy because there's too much money at stake for them to just, they're not going to just fold. They have a whole content library. I do think that there will be some kind of 
exit separately. So I wanted to relate this to our listeners and how, what they can really take away from it in the spirit of our takeaways. Uh, When something doesn't work, are you open-minded enough to see the signs or have you put yourself in an environment where the people around you just say yes to you? And if you need to pivot, do you have the resources for that plan B? Because we did note Quibi is now raising more money. I mean, you went through 1.75 and you're raising a billion and you're raising more. Oh my goodness. As much money as Quibi had, maybe they had too much and went too far with a revolutionary, but still unproven idea solving a problem that maybe didn't exist, at least not as much as they thought. Check yourself along the way. This is advice to our listeners. Check yourself along the way. Look for early feedback, candid feedback, and be open to change along the way if you get that sinking feeling. Yeah. And, and, and I agree uh, completely with that, Bobby. My, my takeaway was actually in a different area and it comes down to your budget, which we always hear experts talk about to spend lavishly in areas that you really care about and then cut back in areas that you don't. And I really feel like getting to your, your, your commentary about uh, tone deafness earlier, maybe is, is $5 a month, something, even though it's not that much money, $5 a month, for short, for short form with ads for short form video that I can get in other places. Um, and I can't get this specific content, but I can get tons of short form comment, all stuff all over the place. Is that something that, that really I should be spending lavishly on, or is that something that I should, should cut back? I think learning to make those decisions about what entertainment's important to you, what entertainment isn't, this is a nice reminder. And I'm not saying that this is, I clearly put some judgment on that, that it's bad for me, but if five, if five dollars and you want this particular entertainment's great for you, fantastic. But I think we're starting to get to the age of, as you said, with Peacock, HBO Max, Netflix, Disney Plus, Hulu. What else we got? Showtime. Um, name another service. There's 50 other services. Uh, Amazon Prime, right? We've got all these different services. How, how many of these can we actually consume? And when is the crossover point that even though we can get it, we're actually going to watch it all? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, big thanks to everybody hanging out with us today. Hey, good news. We just found out that our provider, uh, allows us to be on Facebook and on YouTube. So that we spent the whole last week saying, guess what guys, we're going to YouTube. Bobby, we might stick around on Facebook a little longer. Yes. Woo-hoo. If, because why choose either or if you can do both and guess what about this short form content? It's absolutely free. Yes. And, and, and we've developed characters, not in one episode, but over a bunch of different episodes. So I'm into character development and Bobby Rebell is certainly a character and we have uh, developed it over developed characters over time and these relationships over time. Yes, definitely. Bobby, how do people have our, we have, we, we, we have our cast too. They're characters too. They are characters. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of characters, you and I are back here on Monday. Uh, how do people help us make the show? You can follow us on Instagram at Money Friends Pod, and uh, we will post when we are taping there. We also post it on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Go to the schedule area and you can see when we are recording. And we often post, so you can be part of our live audience. We also often post questions and quizzes on our Instagram stories page. So definitely stay close to that and look for those. And we will possibly give you a shout out on the show. 
And that would, I'm sure, not make your day, but that would make your week. So you definitely want to do oh, yeah. that. Yes. All right. On Monday, Bobby and I are back with all of the government uh, stimulus uh, slated to end unless they step up and do something else, Bobby. A lot of people facing layoffs in the face. How mm-hmm. do you negotiate that if you think you're being laid off? That's on Monday at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. Show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.